This is Tennis Quick Tips, episode 92. Hey, this is Kim from TennisFixation.com. I'm your host for the Tennis Quick Tips podcast. With every episode, Tennis Quick Tips brings you a quick and easy tip to improve your tennis game and to make sure you're having fun every time you step on court. This week, I am going to tell you all about the Komen tie break. And this will be a short episode because by the end of it, you'll realize the Komen tie break is actually pretty easy. And if you're not already playing it, you're going to wish that you were in every doubles match that you have where a tiebreak comes up. So you may remember back in episode 72, I did a whole episode on how to play a tiebreak in tennis. And it was pretty long because I guided you step by step through the tiebreak process talking about the rules that apply and how exactly you need to think about it to remember the rules when you're actually involved in a tie break. And I told you what to do before the tie break starts, during the tie break, and after the tie break. So if you want to know exactly how to play a tie break and you want a thorough explanation, go back to episode 72. I'll include a link to it in the show notes for this episode, which you can find at tennisfixation.com slash quicktips92. And that way you can easily either go back and read the show notes where it's really set out, or you can listen to that episode again. But today what we're talking about is the Komen tiebreak procedure. You may have heard of this, And you may not have, but it is something that you'll see more and more in league tennis. Leagues are adopting this procedure as their tiebreak procedure that they want you to play. So what is a Komen tiebreak? Well, the process for it is set out in the ITF rules of tennis. If you look at rule 5, comment 5.7, that's where you'll see the Komen tiebreak first mentioned, and it refers to when to change ends of court after tiebreak has occurred. And again, you see the Komen tiebreak procedure, it comes up in Rule 10. And in Comment 10.2, they also refer to the Komen tiebreak procedure. So let's talk about where this procedure comes from and why we have it and exactly how it works. The Komen tiebreak has actually been around since the 1980s, but it was only in the early parts of the 2000s that it was adopted by the USTA for national league play here in the US. And since that has happened, it has become a much more widespread procedure to use. So what is the difference between a Komen tiebreak and a standard tiebreak? Well, very little. The standard tiebreak procedure, I'm not going to repeat that for you here because you either you already know it or, as I said earlier, you can go back to episode 72 to really get a thorough explanation. 
But the difference between a standard tie break and a Komen tie break has to do with when you change ends of court. You may recall that in a standard tie break, players change ends of court after every six points. That means you're going to change ends of court after the sixth point in the tie break, after the twelfth point, after the 18th point, etc. Hopefully you won't get much past the 18th point. But you're going to change ends between 6 and 7 when the points add up to 6 and the points add up to 7. So if your score, for example, in the tiebreak is 4-2, that's when you're going to change ends of court. What this means is that the server who served point 6 is going to change sides of court in the middle of his or her serve. Now, if you're playing a singles match, that might not be that big of a deal because you've already been serving from each side. But if you're playing a doubles match and this happens to you, that could mean that you're serving one point from a side that you've been serving on, and then you switch and now you're serving for the first time in the tiebreak game, which is obviously a critical game, you're serving from the first for the first time from a side that you've never served on before. So in doubles, this switching of sides occurring in the middle of somebody's serve can be disruptive. And in fact, at some point in a doubles tiebreak, you'll be serving both of your serves from a side that you haven't served on before. In the Komen tiebreak, everything is played the same except that players switch ends after the first point and then after every four points. That's the only difference. You still go through the same process of how many serves you take. You still go through the process of which side you serve from. And again, I'm not going to repeat all that here. The only difference when you play a Komen tiebreak is the first server serves one point and then you switch ends. And that's it. You're going to serve one point and then you're going to switch after every four points. Okay, so instead of this switching between six and seven, you're going to switch after every four points. Now, let me explain why this change in procedure and why it actually is a good one. In a standard tiebreak game during a doubles match, as I said previously, players end up serving from both sides of the court rather than from their quote side, from their designated side that they've been serving from, that they're used to serving from. The Komen tiebreak ensures that doubles players will always serve from their side and thus it helps provide some consistency within the set. In other words, the tiebreak serving conditions are consistent with the set serving conditions. So for example, if you have been serving from a side where you've had the sun in your eyes as you serve and your partner has not, you will continue to serve from that side and have the sun in your eyes. Your partner will continue to serve from the other side 
and not have the sun in their eyes. So you'll have some consistency in the serving conditions and you won't find your partner all of a sudden at a crucial time, because it's a tie break, suddenly having to adjust to having the sun in his or her eyes. The same thing applies to your opponents, obviously. They'll get to serve from their side. And this is achieved because of the more frequent changing of sides. So in a doubles tie break using the Komen process, you'll get to always serve from your side. Second, there's no changing in the middle of someone's serve. Again, while this is spread out amongst all of the players in a tie break, it's going to probably, to the extent it has a negative impact, negatively impact the player that it happens to for the first time. That's the player who's serving between points six and seven. It's also supposedly, if it is a negative impact, gonna negatively impact that player who gets to point 12 and 13. But by that time, if it is a negative thing to to have to switch sides in the middle of your serve, it's already happened. And that player and that team, I should say, that had to switch sides in the middle of one of the team members' service game, they could be quite far back by that point. And so it's kind of hard to overcome that negative thing by saying that, well, the other team has to experience it too. Third, because the Komen tiebreak results in more frequent changes in sides, the effects of the court conditions are more fairly experienced by both players in singles or both teams in doubles. So if there are negative conditions like sun, wind, overhead lights in your face, those types of things, more frequently changing ends of court means that both teams or both players will experience those effects. So that's all there is to the Komen tiebreak. It's just the timing and the frequency of changing ends of court. And again, you change after the first point and then after every four points. Like tie breaks in general, a lot of players aren't aware of this, I know, but it is one of those things that Really, tie breaks are going to come up in your matches, and this is an area where you should know the rules, and it's best to be that player on the court who does know the rules and can authoritatively state them. And if you do play a league match and for the first time have to go through this common tie break process, I promise you once you do it, you're going to wish that this was what all of your matches used. You're going to be very uh, amenable to the common tie break. So that's it for this week's Tennis Quick Tip. I feel like between episode 72, which again was pretty extensive, and this episode, you should know pretty much everything there is to know about tie breaks, and you should be ready to be that player out on the court who can say exactly what to do and convince everyone to just follow your lead. I hope you'll let me know if you have any comments about this by going over to the show notes, which you can find at tennisfixation.com slash quicktips92. And you can also go to the show notes in the comments section down at the bottom. Let me know any questions or suggestions you have about what you'd like to hear on Tennis Quick Tips. I'd love to hear from you. 
Visit Tennis Fixation for more great tennis tips. And be sure to look in the sidebar. I've got a free ebook you can get. It's called 10 Quick Fixes to Improve Your Serve. No lessons required. It's got my 10 best tips for improving your serve. I think you'll like that a lot. And you can find that by either visiting Tennis Fixation and looking in the sidebar or just go to tennisfixation.com slash free serve book. Thanks for listening. I hope you're having a lot of fun out on the court this summer playing tennis. And as always, happy tennis.